Amen. You can be seated. So, I've recently been diagnosed with with something called man cold. And what? Oh, ladies are laughing. This can only happen to men. So, ladies, we understand that you think it's funny and you don't understand. I have learned that it's it's not terminal. Although I've been told I will feel like I'm dying. Um, and the real, the real side effect, though, is if you're married, is for your spouse. They, they're the ones that suffer the most during this ordeal. Uh, at any rate, you're dealing with a man who has men cold today. So it's going to be painful, but we'll make it, right? <laughs> it's good to see everybody here today. And hopefully I don't have a coughing fit or something like that. But at least you know what's going on anyway. So it's great to see everybody here today. I have a couple of quick things I want to just uh, remind you about. So we're in the final week of our 20 days of fasting. Thank the Lord we survived. Amen. So those of you that, that social media was the thing that we focused on this, this week, and those of you that, that do that a lot, your thumbs were very bored uh, this week, didn't have much to do. So the last week, though, is, is, is about sacrificing or putting aside your favorite thing or something you love to do. So if you're like, you know, you like to put on your warm, fuzzy slippers and get a warm glass of milk before you go to sleep, something like that, you just put that to the side and just drink ice cold water and don't put your fuzzy slippers on. Whatever the case is, something you love, something that means something to you, set that aside. We're doing this as a community, and how many of you have been focusing on the daily prayer focuses, participating as a community. We thank you for doing that. This makes a difference. It sets the tone for what our year is going to be like. And I don't know about you, but I'm believing God for an amazing 2020. For this community, I'm believing that some great things are going to happen. We had a very significant 2019. A lot of things happened, and more is, is yet to come. I just I feel it. I sense it. I'm excited about it. One other quick thing that I want to uh, let you know about, if you're married, if you're going to be married, if you have a really close pet, just kidding, that doesn't count. We're doing a, another Ignite. We did it last year, and it was amazing. Like, Ross sang at the event. So things like that happen, right? And he even danced a little, which it was awkward, but he tried. Anyway, so, <laughs> so Ignite Weekend is coming up, and if you went to it last year, it was, it was fantastic. Uh, we do it on a Friday night, uh, the 21st and 22nd. It starts at 7 on Friday night, so you can make it from work, whatever. And then Saturday from 10 to 1, there's food, there's laughs. Uh, it's, it's just a great, a great event to attend. It's 25 bucks a couple, super cheap. You can hardly go on a date to McDonald's for that, right? So right here, uh, you want to be part of that. It's going to be fantastic. All right, so let's jump into uh, the third week of our Small Things Big Difference series. How many of you are enjoying this, right? So we, we decided, you know, to, uh, to kick this year off locking down some things that, that will change our life for the future. And so if you were part of that uh, in the beginning, the first week we started it, there's a, a theme that we've been saying throughout the course of the last few weeks. It's often the small things that no one sees that results in the big changes that everyone wants, right? Do you ever see that person and you're like, man, what did they have to do to get where they are? And oftentimes, we're looking for big things that they did. But it's most of the time, it's a series of small things that continue that produce the big results that everybody wants. So that's what we've been focusing on. So when we started off um, 
this series, we handed out these cards, and if you didn't get one, pick one up, because on the back of it, there's a blank spot for you to write your word for the year, and then it talks about the three areas that we've been focusing on for the last few weeks, and we will end next week talking about habits. Pastor Scott is going to close it out with that. So last week, Pastor Scott was, took us on the journey uh, of, of, of our thoughts and evaluating our thoughts, and he said, he said this, he said, thought becomes words, and words become actions, and actions become habits, and our habits create our destiny. Starts here, works its way into here, and then actions that we perform, and those become habits that determine our destiny. He also said this, he said, our thoughts will determine the trajectory of our life. So obviously, our thoughts are important. That's why the Apostle Paul wrote about bringing into captivity every thought, controlling it, making sure that it is in alignment with God's plan for your life. So today we're going to talk about words, words. You know the old saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Biggest lie ever, right? Biggest lie ever. A lot of times people don't really consider themselves to be a words person. In other words, I don't really care what people say. Also biggest lie ever, everybody is a words person. It's the way we communicate. It's the way we, we recognize someone. It's the way we acknowledge someone. It's the way we dismiss someone. So words matter. They're important. And, and from the scripture's perspective, we're going to unpack today the power of words and how critically important they are. And I, I know that when we, there's not a one of us in this room, unless you just can't speak, um, that this will not affect and impact, right? Because immediately when we talk about words, we start thinking about things we shouldn't have said, <laughs> right? Oftentimes we don't think about, oh, I'm really glad I said that to that person. Uh, most of the time it's, ooh, I probably shouldn't have said that. Because words are very important, and, and we live in a society that is filled with words. Words, words, words. In fact, they're called talking heads, right? The guys on the TV and the radio, they just talk. They're just called talking heads. So we're inundated with words. And oftentimes, words, have, I, I believe, have kind of lost their meaning and their significance because there's so many of them. So let's take a look at the Word of God, and let's dig into the significance of words from a scripture and a biblical perspective. So let's start in John chapter 1. John chapter 1 says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light to all mankind. So if you read in Genesis the, the story of creation as we know it, it's interesting to me that there's only one thing that God actually used his hands to create. It was man. Everything else was spoken into existence. And even though he created man with his hands, the Bible says from the dust of the earth, he still used his breath to bring man to life. So words are significant, words are powerful, and words take action. Words turn thoughts into action. And so in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, it says this, The tongue has the power of life and death. The tongue has the power of life and death. The reality of this is, is simple. Words we speak can either be life-giving or life-taking. Words that we speak can either be life-giving or life-taking. If you want to change your life, you have to change the words you speak. If you want to change your life, you have to change the words you speak. Remember last week we talked about thoughts. Thoughts determine the trajectory of our life. Our thoughts become our words. If you want to change your life, change the words you're speaking. It's powerful. 
It's significant, and it matters. In James chapter 3, uh, James, if you're not familiar with the book of James, one of my favorite books of the Bible, it's so practical. Uh, James was the half-brother of Jesus, and I heard a guy say one time, he's like, if you really doubted uh, whether or not Jesus was God in flesh, uh, the, the only thing you need to, to consider is that his brother, his half-brother, believed that he was God. I mean, could you imagine trying to convince your sibling that you're God? That would be tough. So, so James, James believed the rest of the world can believe, right? James chapter 3, verse, uh, verse 3, it says this, We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in his mouth. Any of you ever trained horses? We do live in the city. Oh, there's one person. You guys know what a horse is. No, I'm just <laughs> so so uh, I, I've never trained a horse, but I've, I've, my, I've had family friends that were horse trainers. And it's amazing how this big, massive beast that, you know, just think about it. There's not one of us in this room that can stand up against a horse. But somehow they, they will break the horse's spirit, they call it. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. They break the horse's spirit, and they end up putting this bit in their mouth, and they control this beast just by simply pulling reins left or right because they have so conditioned this horse to follow the tug uh, that the, per- the rider is giving through this bit in his mouth. So it's significant. It's a small thing. I, I mean, a, a horse's bit's about, you know, quarter of an inch round, about four or five inches uh, in length. It's a small thing, but it's controlling. Have you guys ever seen the Budweiser wagon? I was at a rodeo one time. First time I'd ever seen it in person. Those things are enormous. Those Clydesdales are huge driven by a small bit in their mouth. It's pretty amazing. And he goes on to say, he says, a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. Small things, big difference, right? You get what we're doing here? Small things, big difference. And it says in verse 5, in the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. Small bit, controls a big horse, small rudder, drives a big ship, small tongue, can do all kinds of things. I was doing some studying, and tomorrow's Martin Luther King Jr.'s uh, day that we recognize, and I, I decided to read his speech, the I Have a Dream speech. I saved it. I don't know, it's the first time I read the whole thing. Fascinating, powerful, and because this man got up on a stage so many years ago, and spoke these words, we live in a very different world than he did. Right? The tongue has power. Great speeches can be made to move nations. Conversely, look at Adolf Hitler. He didn't start out by just this no-name person and just controlled everything from the background. There were video clips, of uh, TV clips, and news clippings, and, and articles of his great speeches, and he literally turned a country into this fanatical frenzy, and they did all kinds of despicable, evil deeds because someone spoke these words. That's why it says in James that a a tiny spark can set a great forest afire. The power of words is significant. They're not just things that go into the ether and then they're left there and they don't matter. They matter. It makes a difference. So there's power of life-giving and uh, uh, life-taking in the words that we articulate. We have the ability to to give people life-giving source by the words we speak. Or we can steal something from them by taking speaking words that that pull things from them. So let's let's just look at this. If if you've been around long enough to to know some married folks, 
and maybe they're part of your circle of influence, they're friends of yours, but I, I would say this, if, if you show me a marriage that is struggling, I can assure you that there are a lot of life-taking words being spoken, right? On the other hand, if you have a marriage that's doing well, a marriage that you would like to be, you know, have a marriage like that, I can assure you that there's a lot of life-giving words being spoken. Words matter. They matter. Have you ever worked for someone that's harsh, always negative, constantly speaking life-taking words over you? They're negative. They just suck the life out of you. You don't want to go to work, right? It's bad enough you have to be there, but then you have to put up with that person. On the other side, have you ever worked for someone that's not like that, that's always encouraging, always speaking life-giving words? You don't mind going to work so much. I mean, it's still work. Let's be honest. But it's not as bad, right? Because you know this person values you. And how do you know they value you? Because of the words they say to you. Words matter. You guys getting this? It's not a complicated message. Words matter. Words really matter. There's an impact of our spoken words. Spoken words. In Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18, you gotta, we're going to unpack this. This is, this is pretty amazing. Proverbs 12, 18, the words of, a, of the reckless pierce like swords. The tongue of the wise brings healing. So, so let me just peel this layer back a bit. The word there, reckless, that is used, it, it actually means utterly unconcerned about the consequences of some action. So in other words, someone who ha- is totally unconcerned about the consequences of their actions will speak words, and those words pierce like swords. I won't ask for a show of hands, but I'm sure everybody in this room has been on the receiving end of those kind of words. However, if you're wise, and the interesting thing here is wise is actually having the power of discerning and judging properly, possessing discretion. Those kind of words bring healing. So in other words, don't say the first thing that pops in your head. If you're reckless, you will. And don't give me that, well, that's just who I am. No. No. Don't, don't, don't give me that line that says, you know, uh, I, just, I just don't have a filter. Well, you know what? You can get a filter. It takes a little self-discipline and a little bit of Christ following, but you, can, you too can be the proud owner of a filter that causes you not to be reckless and causes your words not to pierce somebody else's heart. Right? Just use a little wisdom, a little discretion. You know, bite your tongue if you have to. It'll heal. It'll heal. Like Proverbs 15 and 4, it said, The soothing tongue is a tree of life. The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. I like that it uses a tree as the example. It didn't use a flower. Because flowers, my, my wife loves flowers. God love her. Every spring, it's Home Depot and back. Home Depot and back. Flowers. Because flowers don't last, right? I keep trying to convince her to get the ones that will come back every year. But they're not pretty enough, right? They don't match. So flowers, he doesn't use the flower, he uses a tree. You know, I did, I did a little dig and I found out that there is a tree in California. It's called the bristlecone pine. They have tracked those trees living 5,000 years. Talk to me about words. Talk to me about words. Words last a lifetime and beyond. Be careful the words you speak. That's why he said it's a tree of life. Soothing words are a tree of life. You will get a lot of mileage off someone that gives you good words, right? 
You don't, conversely, if someone speaks those harsh words over you, guess what's still hanging around 20 years later? I mean, we put counselors in business because of words. Right? There's an industry because of words. Why don't you tell me about your mother? Well, she was really mean and she said evil things to me. Great. We'll turn this into a two-year event and I'll make a lot of money off of you. I'm just kidding. That's joking. Crushes the spirit. Harsh words crush the spirit. Here's the thing. The spirit of a person. If you study the scripture, you find out we're made of three parts, mind, body, and spirit. The spirit of a person is actually that spark inside of us that pushes us to greatness. It's the thing in us that builds our confidence, and it's the thing in us that becomes the flame that burns the passion of our life. So when you say you crush someone's spirit, you're snuffing out their very core of who they are meant to be. Pastor Scott talked about it last week. Parents, be careful what you speak to and over your children. You're controlling that spirit of that human in your hands. And words quickly spoken in a fit of a moment can crush that spirit. This is real stuff. And it really matters. You don't want to have your spirit crushed. You know, most of us have felt the effects of this kind of thing. There's minor ones, you know, like, like uh, are you really going to wear that outside? <laughs> right. <laughs> or... <laughs> Or is your hair really supposed to look like that? No one ever says that to me. That's what's cool about my, my hairstyle. No one ever says anything about my hair, right? But if you spend money, get your hair done, you just went to the beauty salon, and it's all pretty, and someone says, uh, nice hair, right? Those are minor, but they crush you a little bit. There's a little spirit crushing happening there. But then there are major ones like this. You will never amount to anything. Mm. You're a real loser. I never loved you anyway. Who, who just laughed? <laughs> you are utterly worthless. You, you know, you can, we say things. How, how, how about this? Man, I hate that guy. Right? How, we just say it. Right? We just say it. We just say these words. But those words literally pierce like a sword, and they crush a person's spirit. When I was preparing for this, man, I got to this point. And I just felt this heaviness rest on my shoulders and in my heart. And I just want to say, if, if you're somebody in this house, in this community today, that you grew up with those kind of words being spoken over you, I want to say to you that I am sorry. That is not who you are. It will never be who you are. You are created in the very likeness of God. The problem is these words that have been spoken over you, those things that you have heard, they pile like rubble on top of this tender little flame that is part of who you are. It's the very core of who you are. And they bury that God-likeness under a heap of lies that you've accepted because people that you trust and love have spoken those words over you. I am sorry that you ever had to hear it because God does not view you that way. God says you're created special. God says that you're created in His image. God says that all of creation is to acknowledge humans because we're created by the very hand of God and we're the only thing that breathes air that came from God's mouth itself. So don't ever for a moment sell yourself short into thinking that you are less than because God said you are more than. Oh, I need somebody to hear this today. 
We live to try to outdo those words. I'm telling you, words carry weight. That's why the scripture says life and death is in the power of the words that are spoken. They matter. Guard your mouth. Buy some duct tape for crying out loud if you have to. Don't grow a beard if you're going to take that method, right? It will be painful. Maybe you lived in a home where you're blessed with life-giving words. I, I, I don't know, but, but if you were, you'll have a hard time understanding what I was just talking about because you just don't, you don't get it. You don't understand it. And I'm telling you, man, life-giving words, they just, I, I like that the Scripture uses it like a tree. It's amazing. So next month, I'm turning 48. I'm getting really old. Not really. I feel young as a, never mind. I'm, I'm 48 years old, very soon. I've been married for 26 years. I've got two married children. I have a grandchildren, and my baby girl is graduating high school. And you know what? When my dad comes to visit me, or he calls me on the phone, and he says, son, I'm really proud of you. Man, I'm telling you, it's, I might as well be five years old. It still resonates to my core. When my wife sends me a text, I'm just, a text, I'm just proud of you, babe. It's like the world just, the sun gets brighter. You know, the little bluebirds in Disney just floating around. My, it's just, <laughs> life just, those simple words just, they still resonate. Because they're life-giving. How many of you fasted no food the first week? How many of you remember when you finally got to eat? Right, it's like you're consuming life from the plate itself. Like, <laughs> Like you feel your body just absorbing the nutrients. <laughs> Life-giving words, it does it to your soul. You cannot live in that type of environment where it's constantly being pulled out of you. Are you ready to make it real? Let's make it real. If you've got pen and paper, I'm, if you've got a phone with notes, whatever. I'm just going to give you an exercise to do. You with me? We're going to do, do a word audit. Okay, we're going to do a word audit. So you can do this at home, you can do it now, whatever. But, but just do a scale of 1 to 10 in your mind, and rate yourself on life-giving words you speak to others. You know, maybe you don't do it at all, so you're a one, or you do it, you do it all the time. You, you never see anything bad. You're a 10. You're also delusional. But we'll talk about that in another service. So, so just rate yourself uh, on, on, on life-giving words you give to others. Then, then do another one, one to 10, on, on life-taking words. Are you a one? Do you do it all the time? Are you a 10? Do you not do it at all? You know, just take an assessment of how your words are carried. Now, here's the second part of this exercise. And you're going to have to go home and you this is hard work. This is hard work. You're going to have to do an audit on the words that you use on yourself. This is where, you got any truck drivers in the room? Granny gear. And you can pull the house down, right? You're just, you're, this is granny gear. This is when it's all about the pull, right? Because this is hard. It's one thing to project. You know, we can change our verbiage and, and, and say nice things and be like a politician, right? But what are we speaking over ourselves? Maybe you're one of these guys. You wake up in the morning. You feel great. God is blessing me today. Maybe you're one of those persons that you, you're on your way to work, and today's going to be a great day because God is guiding my steps. Maybe you're one of those people that just... I mean, just all the time. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Maybe you're one of those kind of people. But if you're not, you're one of these kind of people. I can never do anything right. Things just never work out for me. I never win anything. I'll never have a good marriage. 
I'll never be able to get that job I'm trying to get. I'm talking about a word audit. Here's the thing. You you can't expect to speak life-giving words to others if you don't know how or are able to speak life-giving words over yourself. That's why it is so critical that we understand what our Heavenly Father says about us. You will not find anywhere in the Scripture where God looks at someone and says, you're a loser. Right? We're his creation. The last time I checked, he made man. He said, you know what? I am pleased with what I've created. So I'm going to take the day off. Because I really did a great job here. So you've got to take an audit of the words that you are speaking over yourself. Because those words ultimately will determine the trajectory of your life. If you always tell yourself you're a loser, I hate to tell you this, but you're going to be that. Whatever you continually speak over yourself is going to be the fruit that's going to become what hangs on your tree. It's going to be the habits that you form. It's going to be your destiny. Somebody hear me today. Words can change your life. If you change what you say, you'll change how you live. It is a principle, and it is God-honored. Thoughts become words. Words become actions. Actions become habits, and habits become our destiny. Are you with me? This message is very simple. We're just talking about words. So let's take some action. There are two things we can do. First one is this. My mom used to use this all the time. Made me so mad. Oh, my goodness, it made me mad. Mom, I love you. If you can't say something nice, just don't say anything at all. And I got a finger with it. (laughs) Man, it's so true. It's so true. That filter I was talking about, yeah, this is it. This is it. If you can't say something nice, just don't say anything at all. Nothing is better than something that's piercing the soul, right? Right? But then, of course, we back this up with the Scripture, and this is what the Scripture says in Ephesians chapter 4. Do not, I'm going to read in two versions because they both give more color to, to the concept. Do not let any, look at your neighbor and say any, unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. But only, look at your neighbor and say only. Only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. How many of you are married? What if the next time you're in one of those moments, right, argument, and and we decided, okay, we're going to do the Ephesians 4.29 exercise. (laughs) At that moment, probably what will happen is both of you will just kind of levitate off the floor and just be caught up into heaven. Because you will be supernatural, right? This is hard to do. New Living Translation, read it again. It says, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything, look at your neighbor and say everything. Oh, man, this is hard. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Man, you know. Coming to Christ is wonderful and it's easy and it's for everybody. But man, when you read stuff like this, you're like, seriously, God, you made me. You're really going to be, you're going to hold me to this? This is tough. Everything I say be wholesome and encouraging and uplifting and building. Oh, my word audit. I'm going to have to go back and do it again because I've got some ones back there. (laughs) I don't need to expound on that. The scripture is pretty self-explanatory there. Everybody in this room stands in that light. And has to kind of duck a little bit, right? Because it's hard to do. But it changes the course of your life. 
Second thing is if you think something, say it. Look at your neighbor and say, if you think something, say it. Now, hold on, Pastor Andrew. I thought you said we had to get a filter. I'm going to explain. I'm going to explain. Contrary to popular belief, it isn't the thought that counts. Right? I've tried that on my wife and I forgot to buy a present. It doesn't work. Yeah. The gift counts, the words spoken count, the action counts, not just the thought. If it's a thought, it's just in your head. I could be thinking wonderful things about all of you today, and if I don't say it, you'll never know, right? So if you think something good, you have got to speak it out. If you've sat here all this time and thought, man, how am I going to not say things? How am I going to not say? Just refocus, and let's start thinking about the things we can say and the things that should be said. In Romans, it talks about salvation, and I find it amazing in Romans chapter 10. I dropped this right here. It, it, it may seem like a, a weird place to put it, but follow me here. Romans 10, 9, it says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, but with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. The point of this scripture is it's just the thought. Until it's spoken. It's just a thought. Until it's spoken. The reason why this is a necessary step in salvation. Is because you can't just think. Oh I think there's a God up there somewhere. No. 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 You have to think it. You have to believe it. And you have to speak it. Speaking it makes it real. Saying it makes it come alive. When you study the scripture. And we hear the account of creation. It says that God spoke. And things happened. It's interesting that in the first uh, passage I read to you, it describes God as words, describes him as word, and then that word became a reality. And when Jesus walked on the earth, God in flesh, he would speak things, and they would happen. He would speak to sicknesses, and they would be gone. He would speak miracles into existence, and it would happen because there's power in the words that are spoken, life and death and the power of the tongue. He was the embodiment of God in the flesh, and we got to see creation alive through the words that he spoke. Let me tell you this. If we're creating his image, there are things that we can speak into existence because we have faith in God. Jesus was talking to the disciples and they were amazed because he cursed a fig tree and the fig tree withered up and died. And he said, listen, folks, if you believe something in your heart and you speak it with your mouth, God hears it and it'll happen. In fact, you can speak to a mountain in your life and you can say, you know what, mountain? I want you out of my life. And you know what? It will move out of your life. But he doesn't say you just think about it. He says you speak it into existence. If you think something good, you need to speak it. Make this a rule in your life. Make it a rule in your life. Develop a new habit in your life. And this is the one. If you want to see positive changes in your relationships, say it. If you want to build up your children, say the good things over them. Let them hear you praising them because it builds that spark of passion of who they are and gives them confidence to face life. If you want your employees to perform better, say it. Give them a reason to come back. When you think something good, give it life by speaking it out. That's the difference between life-giving and life-taking words. It's what you say. This will change your life. If we just practice this action, there would be so many different things that would be happening in your life that you would be amazed. I'm telling you, you don't believe this, try it for one year. Try it for one year. 
And let's see what happens when you come back. There's a story in the Bible of David. Before he was a king, he had a group of men that they were kind of vagabonds. They were just living here and there. And, and they had gone out on a campaign. They were coming back. And the enemy had come in and destroyed their, their homes, taken their wives and their kids into captivity. And David's men were extremely frustrated with their leader. And they were ready to get rid of him. They were ready to stone him. They were ready to kill him. And he was all alone, and he was frustrated, and he was discouraged. And the Bible tells us that David found a place of alone time. And it says that he encouraged himself in the Lord. That's why the words we speak about ourselves is important. Sometimes there's no one around to give you the encouragement you need. But God doesn't forget who you are. He has not forgotten how he created you. He has not forgotten the gifts and talents and skills he's given you. He has not forgotten those things, but you have to remind yourself, I am a child of God. I do have value. I do have purpose. It doesn't matter if anybody else in the world thinks differently. I know my father views me this way, and this is who I am. You have to speak those words over yourself. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength, because let me tell you something. People don't necessarily uh, uh, want you to win. There are people in your life that do not want to see you succeed but God does every single time every single time if you want to see it you've got to say it I have a strong marriage because God is empowering me to be a better person I will succeed at work because God is blessing what I am investing I will do well in school because God is keeping my mind sharp and I am made in his likeness. I will overcome my addiction because Christ in me is greater than any temptation that I will face. Thoughts become words. Words become actions. Action become habits. And habits determine our destiny. Oh, come on, somebody. <laughs> Worship team, you guys can come. If you've been here from the beginning of this, this series and you took that little card home and you prayed about it and you've got a word for the year and you've got it stuck somewhere where you see it. The other thing we talked about is finding a scripture that lined up to that word and you put that visible somewhere where you're thinking about it, somewhere where you're reading it, somewhere where it's front and center and it's on your mind and on your heart. If you've done those things and Pastor Scott challenged you to bring into captivity those thoughts, so if, if, if you have done these things, then the next step is for you to take that thought and that word and put it into a phrase that you can speak. So if, you, if your word is generosity for the year and you found some scriptures such as it's better to give than to receive. And then now you've got this phrase that says, I'm a generous person because I'm going to release the blessings that God has given to me. That becomes your mantra for the year. Then what's going to happen is your thoughts are becoming your words. And your words are going to be spoken, solidifying that thought. And next week, you're going to hear about those actions, those habits that become part of who you are. And the next thing you know, you look back, you're assessing how your life was in 2020. And you're realizing, you know what? I'm different than I was at the beginning of that year. I hope you don't think that this is just an exercise to help you get your New Year's resolutions in play. No, we do not get kickbacks from the gyms, the local gyms. No, that's not how that works, right? This is about our lives. This is about us being Christ followers. This is about us changing the world that we live in. This is about us building a legacy. 
God is not stuck into our clock of 24 hours and seven days a week and 365 days in a year. He's timeless. And so what I'm building today, a legacy that I hope, if the world continues for another 200 years, I hope that my lineage is still standing on a foundation that I helped lay. 70 years that's promised us is just a short time. The Bible calls it a vapor. It's here and it's gone. But God views it in legacies. He views it in generations. So if you take the time and you have enough concern and heart to say, you know what, God? I, I need to focus on speaking life-giving words and stop speaking these life-taking words. I need to say things that are going to build people up. I'm going to speak words that are going to breathe life. I'm going to speak words over my children that will give them the power to live a life better than mine. Oh, I could spend some moments there. It's not about what you materially give them that enables them. It's what you give them that enables them. Let me tell you something about life. It will throw hardships at you. You can be the wealthiest man on this earth and life still is hard. You can be the poorest man on this earth and life can still be hard. But let me tell you this. If you give someone the gift of life-giving words, they can face their challenges because they know they have value. Are you with me? Words matter. You won't convince me otherwise. They matter. They matter. They matter. Stand with me, please. I'm challenging you. I'm challenging you. We're praying. We're fasting. I'm challenging you. Do not let this series of small things big difference. Don't let that just be a thing that we're doing in January. Let this resonate in your heart. We're changing the world one person at a time. We're following Christ with passion because He is the one that sees us for who we really are. Created in His image, built to perfection, gifted beyond what natural things we can do just blessed beyond measure you may not be perfect you aren't perfect no one is but if we allow God to build in us what he sees in us and what he's equipped us to be we will see our life take on a different shape a different form and you know what we'll ultimately do it will ultimately lead people to Christ people that are watching you wondering man how can I get what that guy has how can I be what that person is how can I do those big things it's simple it's the small things that no one sees that often results in the biggest changes that everybody wants start small but stay at it don't quit continue let your words reflect what God is saying about you let your words bring life to someone that's close to you speak encouragement to those that are discouraged speak life to people that are withering up because they're filled with nothing but life-taking words come on somebody let's change our world one word at a time amen Look at your neighbor and tell them you matter. No, you're not matter. You matter. God, thank you so much for your blessings. Thank you so much for your love that's expressed to us every single day. With each breath we take, the gift of your love is tangible. We live in your grace. We walk in your love. God, help us to know that there is nothing that can separate us from your love for us. And help us, God, turn that around and 
shine that floor to people that are in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for being here today. If you're a guest, thank you again for being here. Stop by our VIP booth. If you would like to get information about Ignite, my wife will be back there, Laura. I'll be back there. Others will be back there. We can sign you up. We can answer any questions. God bless you. Have an amazing week.